So, just in case you have forgotten, let me tell you the story of the most famous prophet that ever lived, Elijah. You remember that when Jesus went up the mountain during the Transfiguration and glowed white as could be, there on that mountaintop with him was Elijah and Moses. And so Elijah is the prophet that we look to when we think, oh my goodness, here is an exemplary, uh, an exemplar of the faith. And so Elijah was called to be a prophet because Ahab, who was king, this is during about 800 BCs. So the, I always need, I really need a blackboard so I can draw you my movie maps. Um, but Israel was split into two sections. Uh, Judah was the southern section, Israel was the northern section. And then around the north of uh, Israel, or it was Judah, then Israel, and north of that was, uh, was Sidon and Tyre, the, the Phoenicians. And so this was when the northern kingdom, the kingdom of Israel, was at its strongest. And so it was having great economic success, and some of that was because Omri, the king of Israel, was very politically astute. He made great connections with surrounding kingdoms. And so he came, his son Ahab then becomes king and marries Jezebel. Everybody's heard about Jezebel. And so he marries Jezebel, who's from Phoenicia. She's out of the kingdom of Sidon. And she brings with her into Israel all her gods. All her pagan gods come with us. She builds a temple to Baal. And then she also builds um, a, a spire to the female god. And so she is turning the Israelites to pagan worship, and God is not happy. And so God pokes Elijah and says, okay, I need you to go and tell them that, that they need to change their ways. And there is going to be a drought for three years until they are able to see the light. And so Elijah goes and tells Ahab, Okay, God is really unhappy, and there's going to be a drought in this kingdom, and it'll last for three years. So that makes Elijah not very popular with the king. So he goes south on the other side of the Jordan in Gilead and hides out there for years. And the ravens come and bring him food and water twice a day and nourish Elijah. And then Elijah goes back north because God tells him to go tell Ahab they need to turn around and change their ways. And so Elijah goes. He's a little afraid of what's going to happen because he is the, the most unliked person in the kingdom. But he has a meeting with King Ahab, and Ahab says, I'll tell you what. Let us find out which God is the most powerful. So all the prophets of Baal, some 850 of them, come and bring a bull to sacrifice on the altar. And that they pray that their God will, will 
might be a burnt offering before their God. And so prophet after prophet comes, and there they put their bowl on the altar, and nothing happens. So finally, it's Elijah's turn. He takes his bowl and he puts it on the altar, and he digs a moat around the altar. He pours water over the bowl so it's soaking wet, and the water pours down and even fills up the trenches and overflows from there. And Elijah starts to pray. And all of a sudden, fire comes down from heaven. And the bowl is burnt up. The altar is burnt up. Even the water in the trenches are burnt up so that everything is completely dry and gone. Then Ahab says, Your God, the God of Israel, is the only true God. And so the people turned back to our God. However, Jezebel wasn't taking it very well. Jezebel said to him, you know, by this time tomorrow, or may God strike me dead, you will be killed. By this time tomorrow, and Elijah being a not especially brave uh, prophet, hightails it south, and he gets himself down around Jerusalem. So he's up by the Sea of Galilee, and he comes down south, and he leaves his servant who traveled with him, and he goes a little bit farther on his own, and he just lies down under a green tree and says, God, I just want to die. I am done. I am done. There is no saving me now. I just want to die. And that's when the word of the Lord came to him. And God says, Elijah, what are you doing here? And I just want to die. Then he's woken by an angel to say, eat some of this cake. Drink this water. Then rest for a while. Then get up and eat some more so that your body is strengthened. And he is strengthened enough to make the journey to the south of Judah, to Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb. It's called the same, uh, two different names, same mountain. And so he makes his way down there, which is when he connects with Elisha, E-L-I-S-H-A, uh, who becomes his, um, he mentors him to be the prophet who takes over for him. And just so you know the rest of the story, Elijah becomes a, a, Elijah becomes a faithful prophet in the role of Elijah, and he prays that when Elijah dies, because he's getting old, that he might have the full mantle. And he said, I, if you see me taken into heaven, then you will receive the full mantle. And there is a time when all of a sudden there is a whirlwind, and Elijah looks on as this chariot like fire comes down and lifts up Elijah and takes him into heaven. And so that's the story of Elijah. Now it's an interesting thing because there are times we get so angry, we don't know what we want. I don't know that we want to die, but we can get so angry that we don't know what we want. 
and there is almost nothing that can be done to console ourselves. And so we struggle with anger. In our Bible study this week, we're in Ephesians where it says, no, be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Well, that is, takes a certain person who can always resolve their anger in under 24 hours. But the sense of our anger is an emotion that is so hard to deal with. And so there's Elijah, and he's not even just afraid, he's mad. He is so angry because he went off and did God's bidding. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. He prayed. Fire came down, burnt up the bowl, burnt up all the water. There you are. Everyone turns back to God, and now his life is threatened. And he's angry as all get out. And yet God's answer is, have a cookie, take a nap. It will be all better. You know, it, it's not its not a complicated answer. God doesn't ask for Elijah's uh, forgiveness. God doesn't say, oh, gee, I'm sorry you're feeling like that, or why don't you just get over yourself? God just says, sends a messenger, have a cookie and a nap, and it will be better. And so during this time in our world, where it's easy to get frustrated by things, and I think sometimes it's easy to get frustrated because we're not seeing face-to-face. -face. When we see face-to-face, -face, we can work things out, we can understand each other in a different way. Um, it's nice to have Zoom. We thank goodness we, we have technology that we have. It's not quite the same, two-dimensionally. I think our brain doesn't, doesn't see each other quite the same way. We don't catch all the body language and all those nuances. But thank goodness we have it. But we're in a time where we're easily frustrated. And we know, what was it, Tarn Sun gave me a word for the other day, was keyboard warriors. That there are people who maybe wouldn't say these things to your face, but, but when they're just behind a keyboard and can type things, they say things that they wouldn't just say to your face. And so there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of frustration, there's a lot of anger out there. There's anger at the coronavirus. There's anger at racial injustice. There's anger that, that good police officers are being painted with the brush of bad police officers. There's a lot of anger out there. We have to understand that sometimes we just have to stop. Just have a book and take now. Sometimes it's the time to stand up and roar for justice. Sometimes it's a call to action. God calls Elijah to go and talk to the king who's not going to want to hear his message if he doesn't. He's called to action. There are times when great miracles need to be performed and we are called to do good works. But there are other times there are other times when we just call to stop, take a moment, breathe deeply. After Elijah has his cookie and his nap, he goes and hides in this cave. And again, God says, Elijah, what are you doing here? Oh, I've always been zealous for God. Here I am. 
and first there's the hurricane and then the earthquake and something else. What the other one? Earthquake. Oh, fire. Fire. Thank you. Uh, and there's a fire. And in all those big, loud things, Elijah doesn't find God. But it's in that sheer silence, or the translation I like, God's still, small voice. It's in that still, small voice that Elijah came to God. So sometimes we need to have a cookie and take a nap so that we are quiet enough that we can hear God's still small voice. May we hear it, may it direct our lives, may it bless us, so that we may bless others in turn.